Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. This episode of Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks is sponsored by Hobo Wolfman Records. In addition to being the home of the fill-ins, home for the day, and the body bags, all North Carolina bands, he also has a bunch of other shit on his website. A lot of it you don't really need, but it's cool as hell anyway, so you should buy some of it. It honestly never really surprises me the stuff that he throws up there from time to time. HoboWolfmanRecords.com You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. Into it, but I want to get like knuckle tats someday. Mm. And I want to, I was thinking it'd be cool to have Gastonia because that would fit all there. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some pretty clever ideas. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, like it's like everything's been used, you know, it's hard to. I saw one that said this hurt. Uh, I see knuckles. <laughs> um, what's yours say? Hard luck. Okay, um, I knew this girl once, she had last call on hers. That's cool. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. That. I think Bart Lattimore's got, I like his. Bonafide. Oh, man, that's cool. That's I, a cool idea. Yeah. I've seen Rock Hill, Fort Mill. Fort you Mill, know. Rock Hill. <laughs> so Gastonia, it, just, it don't look like, you know, it'd be Gastonia. Oh, yeah. But, you know, fuck it. You could just do that the rest of your yeah. life. <laughs> so, how you been doing, man? I've been working. Um, these are some, just some very challenging times, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of concern. Next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting until January as well. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I'm not, not really looking forward to the next couple of weeks myself. It's going to be. It, these are trying times, man. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think no matter what happens, I, I don't, I'm just not expecting good things. Yeah. Um, I know. And that's sad. I mean, I think. I mean, at least for the, the next few weeks, yeah. you know, it's going to be kind of an uneasy time, I think. We should be fine, though. I mean, we're white men. This doesn't really affect us as it does yeah. to minorities, people of color, women. You know, we need to just get more people on board like us who can realize all the shit that's going on. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think we're outnumbered by a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah. We need to lose some of their ego that keeps them that way. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to bring the vibe down. I always kind of just start off with just like general talk. No, it, how you no it's, doing, it's all good. It's, 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 you know, the vibe does need to be down at times because it, it helps people wake up. You you become more aware of your surroundings and what's going on when your vibe is down. Yeah. How do I achieve that good vibe again? Well, let's talk about the, the shit at hand. Let's, you know, work through it. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of people um, act like they just want to gloss over it and like just wait till things go back to normal but the thing is the normal the old normal wasn't right as far as I'm concerned but you know I, that's 
I don't know if that's the road you want to go down right now. Yeah, <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all perspective. That all depends on who you're asking, mm-hmm. you know. People get complacent with their lives and say, well, you know, let's make America great. Well, it wasn't, though. That's yeah. true. That's Native American. Well, like you said, and, for the white male, it's always been great. Yeah, and I there are times I hate to be lumped in, but, I mean, I can't deny it. Yes, I am a straight white male, but at the same time, it's like I'm aware of what's going on. It took me a while to see it, too. Mm-hmm. I turned it, I, for a while there, I had, you know, I didn't know as much about it as I do now. So Exactly. I try to, I know you what know, you mean. Yeah, I try yeah. to tell people, educate yourselves. A lot of that, that's why I was talking about having the ego earlier. It's like a lot of that stuff, it hurts to find out that you're like people with the cause of a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. And your ego just doesn't want you to, you know, be like, oh, man, that wasn't me. That's different. You know, but I mean, it's it's there. It's, and you got to overcome it, I think, a lot of times to, to face, you know, the fact that, you know, lost my train of thought there. But. <laughs> anyway, besides all that, like <laughs> Halloween, you guys like were able to celebrate Halloween somewhat recently. That was cool. Um, I didn't really do anything for Halloween this year. Me neither. We stay home. Yeah. <laughs> You had a little get together last pit. week, a little out, outdoor. Some of the neighbors, um, Fell and Pete came came by yesterday, mm-hmm. which we usually do practices on Saturdays. Cause, and it's a good thing that we're all acoustic because yeah. we can do it all outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, weather was perfect for it yesterday, and it's cool because um, the apartment complex I live in, you know, got a little courtyard out front right next to the road. Okay, yeah. So we play outside in the courtyard, and so people walking their dogs back and forth, so they'll see us. Yeah. You know, they'll stop, and then next thing you know, we'll hear applause from the sidewalk. <laughs> we'll turn around, hey, thanks. <laughs> so PK and Fell came by yesterday, and that was awesome, because I love them both dearly. Yeah. They, they are tremendous people. And I've been playing music with PK Longer than I have anybody else. Mm-hmm. We've been playing music together for about eight years. It's like I'm at a point I can't see myself not playing with them. Cool. You yeah. know, it's no matter what endeavor I go after musically, no matter what avenue of music I travel down, mm-hmm. I just always have PK there. Yeah. We we work well together. There's good chemistry there. And then, you know, we've all heard Fel sing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's amazing. When she asked me to, you know, sing for Smelly. I, I was like, man, that's a stone cold honor right there, you know. Yep. Yeah. And we'll talk about all that in a little bit, but I'll, we'll go ahead and get started with the episode, I guess. I mean, so I'm talking to Simon Stravelli. That's how you say your last name, correct? That is correct, yeah. From, from the Commonwealth, from uh, Smelly Felly, from uh, what what other projects do you have? Just Bottle on? of Smoke is the only other one of smoke, other yeah. than the two that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you were a kid, what was one of the things or the one of your earliest musical memories, the thing that drew you into music? My parents were always, they had a killer album collection too, and I didn't realize it back then, of mm. course, but you know, the older I got, I'm like, wow, this is like, man, because my mother was like, she was more into like Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm-hmm. um, Shaka Khan, Prince, a lot of um, like R&B, soul music, Stevie Wonder, yeah, stuff like that. She liked, um, but she liked, you know, Phoebe Snow and Bonnie Raitt and artists like that. My dad was more into um, rock. He was a big, you know, Dire Straits fan, Santana. And he played um, guitar. Okay. So mu- I grew up around music. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always been a, like a staple part of my upbringing. I remember, I mean, I have memories of me holding an acoustic guitar at like 
four or five years old. Yeah. You know? Um, and just growing up, there's always been like some kind of drum around the house or a tambourine somewhere or something. Music's always, we had a piano. Music's always been a big, huge part of my mm -hmm. life. And you, you can play piano a little bit too, can't you? <laughs> Not much. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> but did you pick that up early on or is that something no, you picked I, up later in life? I kind of self-taught myself and then I couldn't read music, but I knew what the dots on the sheet music meant. I knew that every good boy does fine. That, yeah thing yeah. and then f-a-c-e spaces in between i believe mm -hmm. um so i actually transcribed my own notes um with a pencil go into the songbooks that my parents had just wrote down the notes yeah next to it to help me learn how to play and in doing so i learned very little mozart a little bit of beethoven because i'm i'm a huge classical music fan okay and to me it seemed right that's piano fits that style of music and so it seemed like i had something to work on yeah we didn't have any like ray charles songbooks or anything like that you know yeah. it was a lot of classical shit it's always been a big, huge part of my life so your your dad played guitar there's a piano around the house you had a big record collection when did you really dive into that i mean did you because like i know when i was a kid i listened to like i had records and eight tracks and stuff but it was like sesame street stuff and and, disco Duck, <laughs> yeah, Disco Duck, and and uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks and things like that. Yeah. I loved it, but it was it was Kiss that kind of like grabbed a hold of me and Man. said, you know, this is this is rock and roll. This is what this is what you want to be. I was so disappointed the first time I heard them. Yeah, and I think I still. I, still, I think a lot of people are that way. Though. I think I, I just carry that with me today. Which, do you know which like which which song you heard first or which album it was? I think I no, I don't know what album. But uh, I think it was um, Rock and Roll All Night. Yeah. And I was just like, these guys look demonic. <laughs> yeah. These guys look like they can rip your soul out. Yeah. And here they are talking about rock and rolling all night and partying every day. <laughs> and it was just, I was just like, it doesn't fit the demographic. Yeah. yeah. It really doesn't. That's like we were talking about Iron Maiden last week and how their, their icon, I, how do you say that word? Their, uh, their graphics. I, 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 I can. There's, yeah, there's a word. It's too big for me to use. But how their graphics just did not portray the type of music that they actually were. See, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that for Maiden. I think, especially at that time, Maiden was like when they had the you know the crazy Eddie on their album covers. Like that was heavy back then. I yeah. mean, you know that was the. I'm not saying there wasn't like Venom around and shit, but I mean I don't know. I just I think that fits now. Kiss. That's another story. And Kiss is kind of. <laughs> They have some really good shit and some really oh, god awful. Yeah, shit. they do, and 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 that goes back to the seventies too. It's not like they became this awful band in the eighties. Yeah, they wrote some awful shit in the seventies <laughs> too. Like every one of those records has one or two songs on it. It's like skip, skip. Yeah. They just got more to the skippable part in the eighties, but man, they put out some real gems in the eighties too. So <laughs> that's all. That's another story for another podcast. Sorry, I this, this isn't something okay. good for you. So <laughs> just kidding. I gotta give some love to Alex. Oh, I love yeah. Alex. But uh, so, so what, what was it that, that grabbed a hold of you as far as like rock and roll goes or, or that sort of started you on your path? That's a good question, man. It, I, it's just something I've gravitated towards. Mm -hmm. But like I always, I mean, I love all kinds of music, all genres. And like I said, I grew up with a lot, there was a lot of soul in the house. But there was a lot of diversity as well. I mm -hmm. mean, my folks had like, I think they had like a, a David Bowie album or two and yeah. stuff, you know, just stuff that they liked, no particular genre. And, um, I don't know. I was. I remember being back in like sixth grade. Started listening to like Motley Crue and mm -hmm. Rat. You know, a lot of the 
glam bands from back then. That's about know? the time like, we, uh, a lot of us started to get into that. I think. Yeah, I found, you make that rock, jump from elementary was, school. It was to like a back school. door with metal. Yeah, you know, I'd see these shirts, and you mentioned Maiden, dude. I Eddie, I used to draw Eddie like on the like on the back of my notebooks. Oh yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I loved Maiden. Yeah, you know, I really got into that, and I don't know. I always liked the artwork of the albums and everything, and. Um, but, you know, the T-shirt, I had friends wearing T-shirts, started junior high, and then I got into skateboarding. Mm-hmm. See, I grew up in a small town, though, where all the... Yeah, where, where are you? Are you from? Where are you from? I know you're I not grew up here. in Maggie Valley. Okay. But I lived in Florida, too, when I was younger than that. Born in Indiana, so I've been around. Okay, yeah. Um, but... How long did you live in Indiana? Was that, like, just, just real like early? Two years old. Okay, yeah. You know, my mother and father got divorced, he stayed up there. She moved my brother and I down to Florida to live with her mother, and that's where she met my dad today. Mm-hmm. Technically, he's my stepdad, but he adopted my brother and I. He's been there for my entire life. He's, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. I love him to death. Yep. And my biological father has moved to Alaska since. I still talk with him. Mm-hmm. I went and visited him back in 2004, I believe, up in Anchorage. Oh, yeah. wow. um, that was cool. You know, and he's, it's different because he, he, you know, he he was in Vietnam, Marine. And it's like, if I had grown up in Indiana with him as my dad, how different would my life be? Oh, yeah. Would I still be, have the same mindset that I have today? Would I, I mean, because he's pretty, he's pretty liberal. He, you know, he's like, hey, you know what? I fought in this shit. Yeah. That was fucked up. You know, now I come back, I see how, you know, we're being treated by the government. And um, he's a good guy, too. Um, he's just a trip, though. You know, Alaska itself is a trip. Make oh, it, I bet yeah. so. I bet. Go. <laughs> I advise it. I'd love to go someday. It's it's really cool, man. But um, I get I'm getting off on a tangent. Here. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're um, always fine. I can I can edit them or I can leave them if they work. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Dead air. Pass. 
And growing up in that town, all the punks and metalheads hung out together. Yeah. There was no, you know, division in the scene, you know. You're just happy to find somebody close enough to you. Oh, you you have long hair? I don't care. You have mohawk? I don't care. You like skateboard? Yeah. You like to get high? Yeah. You know, want to listen around, listen to records? Fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was cool because it was us against all the rednecks in the school, you know. We were the outsiders and we just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. Play music and whatnot. I was listening to metal. I knew a lot of my friends that had took that dive from metal into punk were making fun of me for listening, still listening to Motley Crue and stuff. Yeah. Like, you can't listen to those guys. It's like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm dumb. You know, that's the thing. It's like when you're younger, you're kind of like, oh, this is silly. But when you get older and you don't give a shit what anybody thinks, you're like, yeah. that shit's awesome. You yeah. know, <laughs> like Motley Crue. I like I'm Rat right, you know? to this day. Yeah. I still like Rat. Yeah. Oh, Rat's good. Yeah, Rat. I think Motley Crue was one of those bands I never really stopped liking. But I did, like, there's some stuff I listen to now mm-hmm. that I listened to back then that when I got into punk rock, it's like, oh, well, I can't listen to that shit anymore. That's how like White Snake. Yeah. And now I like White Snake's one of my favorite bands. I just love them. They're so good. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. It's like, you should stop giving a shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's you the know? beauty of getting older there. <laughs> I know, right? But you're on the inside. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I heard bands like, um, I think Minor Threat was one of the first punk bands I ever heard. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're like a lot similar, like, because I got into uh, punk from metal too, like from seeing Metallica or Misfit shirts. Yeah. And so we're just like the same, the same deal, man. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> That's Metall- what I'm finding. I'm like, the, we all have these similar stories. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, like Jeff brought up another band last week when we were talking to him, Twisted Sister. That's another band that like grabbed a whole oh, lot of Twisted oh, Sister. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. that was, that was still like when I was still liking a lot of whatever was on MTV, which yeah. at the time, MTV actually played some cool shit, you know, yeah. think, thinking back to it. Of course, now we'd think that because we grew up in the 80s. Headbangers ball, man. Yeah. But, I mean, even before that, you know, like, Go-Go's and the Cars and the Blondie and uh, bands like that were all over MTV. Kind of stuff, you know, even, even Duran Duran and stuff. Yeah, I Duran Duran. I like them. All, yeah, you know. I love so Back Duran then, like, Duran. MTV actually played good stuff, but then Twisted Sister comes along and it's like, oh, this is a little bit heavier and it's fun and everything else. That was one of those other things. It was kind of like, besides Kiss... Twisted Sister was that middle step between like Kiss, Twisted Sister, and then Alice Cooper was what grabbed a hold of me. Mm. But it was, you know, it was it was that. And so it was funny that it's all the kind of that glam side of, of rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Eric had mentioned Metallica, and yeah, I was totally on board with them too. Mm. I remember seeing pictures in magazines, you know, and James Hetfield would always have like a Sam Haynes sticker yeah. on his yeah. guitar or a Misfit shirt on. Yeah. So it was like, well, hey, if these guys like them, I'm just like, I'm going to like them too, you know, probably. And then they put out that Garage Days record and they played the Misfits and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, these songs are bad as hell. I want to hear more of that. I bought um, Garage Days re revisited on cassette the same day I bought Misfits Earth AD on cassette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just from knowing seeing Metallica wear those 
Misfits shirt. Right. And I got the Misfits, you know, cassette, and I'm like, listen to it. I'm like, man, is there something wrong with this shit? <laughs> it sounds like it's recorded in a trash can. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Because you just said Minor Threat. Yeah. And I think I'd bought Minor Threat and Ramones maybe on the same day. Ramones, yeah. And I was more into the Minor Threat at that time coming from metal. Right. Because it was, you know, so fast and the Ramones are a little bit, you know, too uh, rock and roll, I guess, for me. But I dug that. It's like, and that's one of the things I love about the Ramones. Like, hey, I can listen to this because I used to work with my dad a lot. He's a contractor, so he used to take my brother and I to some of the sites just to, you know, help hammer up drywall and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And he'd always be playing music. Yeah. On a little tape deck he'd bring with him. And I'd get the Ramones, you know, like, my dad will like this. Mm-hmm. It's something we can both agree on, you know. It's like, he was pretty open-minded. He let me play a lot of my music. Yeah, I think I learned pretty early on, like, where I could push my limits, too, with, like, playing music in the in the car. <laughs> so I'd find that common ground. Two live crew. Well, well my, my mother didn't exactly agree with my father on a lot of this stuff I listened <laughs> to. He'd be cool with it, but she'd be like, no, turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of just kept most of it away from my parents, like, didn't, after I learned not to say anything about it, because every time, they'd be like, you don't need to listen to that shit, you know? So it's just better just not to even mention it or try to play it around them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, my parents were... They didn't really like the music I listened to. Like, well, now my dad understood it a little bit because, like I said, he had Alice Cooper records in his collection, mm. so he understood it a little bit. My mom really didn't like it because she was always a little bit more of a Christian, and she wasn't a churchgoer, but she always identifies herself as a Christian because she doesn't really believe in what the church does. She sees a lot of hypocrisy there. So yeah. I, I love my mom for that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so she never really agreed with it, but they never forbid me from listening to it they never took it away from me they let me go to concerts and, and stuff like That's they cool. didn't let me go see Iron Maiden but they let me go see Van Halen so you know that was cool I don't know where I was going with that but anyway just basically saying that I appreciate the fact that my parents allowed me the, the space to explore yeah no that and that is cool and I think that's healthy for everybody it's like nowadays every parent just gives their kid a smartphone and you're taking away the you know the kid's freedom to maybe they want to be an artist maybe they want to yeah, you know, be a musician. Maybe they want. They, we don't. We don't know because they're just consumed with. I don't really think about that a whole lot, but that's true. I, I wonder how many kids these days have wasted talents. Yeah, because they can't. Because they were brought up on technology, right. and they just they're addicted to it. Yeah, basically. I, I see my daughter. She's kind of addicted to it. You know, I don't know. She might have some hidden talents more. She's a smart girl though. Mm-hmm. She's she does great in school, but um, you know, she expressed an interest in playing music at one point, but. Just never, you know, we messed around with it, and then she just kind of got bored with it pretty quick. I don't know. But there it is. I, that's, that's a good point. I don't think about that. Yeah, I, I try not to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's depressing because it's like, well, shit, when, when I'm old and gray, where's the, where's the music going to come from? Mm-hmm. I think that's why I do really appreciate and try to help support and promote bands like Wilma and True Lilith and the Wauburns, those kids that are out there doing the thing. Yeah. Because... They seem to be fewer and farther between now, but then again, I think there are more kids playing than we realize. It's just it so, br- so some some kids are still finding it. Some kids are still doing it. Yeah, it brings a smile to my face whenever I go in Sam Asher Guitar Center. I see like a like a young like thirteen, fourteen year old kid there with an instrument. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, please well, carry it on. Or like see Death of August play and see those girls oh, just rip them. on the guitar. I mean, Dude. just rip on guitar. It's like, I can't do that these days. I wish I had that much They're talent. They're so Damn. good. They're so good. <laughs> I've seen a couple of the uh, School of Rock shows in Charlotte. Those yeah. kids are pretty amazing. Vir- like young virtuosos. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, like, so you say you kind of picked up 
at least had a hands-on experience with instruments pretty early. But when did you get serious about playing guitar and playing music? I don't think I'm serious now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I guess that's debatable for all of us. Well, like I said, there was always instruments laying around the house and acoustic guitar, whatever. And if anything, even if I didn't know what the hell I was doing, I'd always be making some kind of noise on it. Yeah. You know? And um, I remember my my dad had a bass that he bought at a flea market like back in the 60s. It was, and he handed it down to me. He gave it to me. And I was like, oh, I think about 13, 14 years old. It was a Moserite. Adventures oh, oh, wow. model. Yeah. It had the sunburst finish and it was Sweet. the really thin neck and everything. Of course, back then, I didn't know the value of it. So mm. stickers all over yeah. it, you know. I met some dudes in my high school that moved from uh, Louisiana. They were in a metal band down there, but they wanted to, like, bring their talents to uh, Maggie Valley. The one guitarist, Don Holloway, great guy. At the time, he was the best guitar player I'd ever, like, actually seen in my life. Because mm-hmm. he could shred. And we, so I joined their band. He showed me a lot. He showed me a lot of what, you know, basically how to play bass. Yeah. And the band was called Stormchild, which I think to this day is a badass name. <laughs> Stormchild. Yeah. I like that. That's and, metal. Uh, that's great. That screams metal. It does. And that's what we were. He had like the, I think he had the, uh, he had a BC Rich. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't a Warlock. It was one of those star-shaped ones, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, his, bro- his brother Mike was the singer. And they were good dudes, man. And they taught me a lot. And so I guess I just started experimenting. I had a you know a keyboard, mm-hmm. like a Yamaha or something. And I used to sit, and it was like the bass keys. You could like set to like drum beats. Yeah. You know, and just so I, and you could program it. So I'd sit there and program a beat and then play over it, record myself, and then play that tape back with another tape deck yeah, recording that. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like you know, like a chain of tape decks recording, and just play, keep playing over and over mm-hmm. it, and everything. Because I mean, there's nothing to do in that town. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to you know sit around and, you know get high all day with you know because I used to do that a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I think one of the bands that really influenced me was uh, was The Cure. Okay. I was a huge fan of the Cure. I still am. I mean, I think Robert Smith is a very... I think he's a lazy guitar player, but he's efficient. And oh yeah, he's got his own sound. Mm-hmm. It's undeniable. Mm-hmm. And how their music is so textured and layered, I, I can really appreciate that. Yeah. And so I'd learn... And, and the bass lines were, were pretty solid. Oh, yeah. You know, so I could sit there and, like, play the bass line, then play, learn the keys over that and everything. I'd have a, next thing I know, I'd have a whole Cure song yeah. recorded <laughs> with my tape deck chain. Oh, wow. And so I just started getting more and more into it, man. And the funny thing is, is like, even back as far as, like, junior high, I wanted to be playing music. Mm-hmm. I always saw myself as an adult playing music. I thought I'd be a lot, you know, have a little bit more money than I do now in <laughs> <laughs> and, and doing that, you know? Yeah, I think at one point when I first got my guitar, I thought that would be, you know, I was going to be, like, Motley Crue or... You know, the, the bands I listened to at the time. I talk about this quite a bit. But, but when I, I think I really, when I realized I wasn't going to do that, I was going to play punk rock. Mm. Like, there was still that, that time when I thought, oh, maybe I'll still make it. But <laughs> I just knew that there was much less of a chance that I'd make it playing punk rock. 
but it's you start like, to see those bands that actually like they don't make it make it but they they make enough of a living that they can tour and they play yeah and i always just thought that would be cool oh i agree and it was like for a long time it's like i watched you know videos on mtv i didn't think there were venues smaller than arenas mm-hmm. i know I, i'm the same way i <laughs> watch it and i was like oh man i get to play in front of all these people when i get older yeah. all you gotta do is learn how to play and you'll be playing like that now you can play in front of 12 people if you want to <laughs> I, I remember going to the milestone you know like when i was young and just being like what, what they're gonna play in here <laughs> this is the living room <laughs> the dressing room yeah. then you realize when you're older all the little dives are the best places. oh absolutely and i like floor shows i mm. love playing on the floor you're right there with the people, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't stand it when there's a drum riser either. I, just, I, I want the drummer to be right there beside me. It's like, I got to stand out here. Yeah. You too. I like how uh, Mike Watt puts the drummer out front. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he gets to cool. do that. If I went to a club and tried to do that sound person, be like, nah, bro. <laughs> Come on. I ain't got no clout to do that yet. Get Ben to turn around backwards yeah, like, like Brett. Aloha <laughs> Broha did a whole set like that. Once. Oh, yeah? They, uh, they all turned the back and sang to the milestone wall. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So what was the, that was, you talked about the first band that you were in. Um, Storm Child. Storm Child. Uh, did you, Child. You, don't, you don't have any recordings of that anymore? Oh, God. Was there ever, ever any recordings or just one of those? He's lying. I don't have any. <laughs> but I can contact the Holloway I'm boys. Not, I wouldn't necessarily have to get it. I was just, I was just wondering if you might still have it. No, I don't. Uh, I don't even have a copy of the punk band I was in when I moved to Greensboro. Um, we were on the radio and everything. I had like a radio interview on one side because it was a college radio station. Yeah. What was the name? Gobstopper. Gobstopper. I yeah, think awesome. I remember that name. Everlasting Hardcore. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Three piece. And um, yeah, I met these dudes. Um, I was living in Greensboro. They were from Florida. Uh, Chip and Jason. We, The three of us formed a band. Chip on drums. And Chip went on to become the drummer for Patriot. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Chapel Hill Oi Band, mm-hmm. you know, and um, they they've toured Europe and everything. Yeah. Chip's been very successful with his music. He's a tattoo artist now, and he's also very good <laughs> at that. Um, was that your next band after that? That was, you? yeah, pretty much. Because as soon as high school was done, I didn't, which I didn't graduate. Um, even my mother's like, just get your GED. Don't bother going back there. Yeah. Like, okay. Nice. I know she was really cool. So I went and got my good enough diploma, and um. I worked for about a year or so. I went to local restaurants back home, and then one of my best friends at the time was like, "Hey, I'm moving to Greensboro. You want to come with me? Yeah, I got a place up there." I said, "Yeah," and um, it started then. And so I met uh, Chip and Jason. We formed Gobstopper, and uh, had a little bit of trouble with the law, which kind of broke the band up for a little bit. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, is and, that not something you want to elaborate on now? Or? For shock value, or I don't something? think it's really my place to. Gotcha. Because I wasn't because I wasn't the one. He who, wasn't the party involved. Yeah. Gotcha. So right. I, I'm always wanting to hear the dirty part of the, the grit. Yeah, I just don't know if it, know if it's my place to. Um, Understood. But uh, like I said, Chip went on to uh, join Patriot, and he was, was very successful with them. I moved to Charlotte and joined a band called Reflex Aggression. I remember that name. I never saw you guys. We, used, we uh, I played one show with them, and that was at the old Jeremiah's, right okay, there off yeah. 74. 
Yeah, yeah, we played yeah. there one time, and uh, we we played Steakhouse. Yeah, <laughs> we played with uh, Wicked Ways. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Gideon. Yep. Reflex aggression was like that fucking that sick of it all style, you know? Because yeah. I graduate well, I was supposed to graduate in ninety, so I moved to Charlotte like ninety one. It was right, right around the same time that I started to get get aware of the Charlotte music scene or the local music scene. Yeah. Went to the Milestone, I think, for the first time in 91. Was... I'd gone there, too, a few times at that point because I was just like... Because I, I was pretty balls deep into punk rock mm-hmm. at this point. You know, when hardcore, you had the, your, the late 80s hardcore, Sick with All, Agnostic Front, you know, Use It Today, all, Gorilla Biscuits, all those good bands coming out at that time. Yeah. You know, and so we kind of... You know, honed our sound after that style for uh, reflex aggression, and then, you know, I I got married, the band broke up, um, they formed a band called War Prayer. Okay, I remember that name too. Tim Market was the singer, and Tim committed suicide within like two years mm. of, um, yeah, I'd say around maybe ninety four or something. Yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Tim committed suicide. He hung himself in his closet, Damn. and it was, yeah, and he was a great guy. We never saw it coming. Sometimes you can tell with people mm-hmm. if they're, like, really depressed and, like, you, you want to keep an eye on them. Yeah. And I know that's not always the best thing to do, but you worry about them. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell that with Tim. Yeah. He was just, man, he was pulling pranks, and he was always... He, he used to go into grocery stores and up to the magazine rack. You know how they had the, the, the cologne pages that you open? Yeah. Just open them up and just start rubbing them all over himself. Next, <laughs> next magazine. Oh. <laughs> and he'd be walking out just smelling like a damn perfume store. <laughs> he was a funny guy, man. I miss him. Um, and so I got married. I was married for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so basically I took a 13-year hiatus from playing music. Yeah. When I, I got married, we were still playing some during that time, uh-huh. uh, but we weren't. Because like, I got married in 2000, and that's, I think, about the time the accidents stopped playing so much in Charlotte. And then Saunders quit for a few years, a couple of years. We didn't really do a whole lot during that time, I don't think. And then Saunders came back. So for a couple of years we played, but then there was like a big seven-year gap between me playing and and part of that time, I wasn't even married. It was just, you know, just hadn't gotten back into it yet. Yeah. But that'll do it for you. Sometimes getting married, having kids, things like that, just trying to settle Domesticated, down. Domesticated, yeah. And I was living the dad life, you know, and um, moved to Florida. I, I miss playing music, though. I That was one thing. Cause Did you stay involved in, like, no, scenes at all? Like, no, not, shows? And- I mean, I still listen to my CDs. Yeah. But I, I wasn't playing. My wife at the time, she didn't really care for it. Same here. Mine yeah. didn't care for it either. So, I mean, I, I would, I'd still go out to show every now and then, but just very rarely. Yeah. Same. You know, a lot of times that was like a, I'd go see ACDC or KISS. Yeah. Know? But then every now and then I'd go see Semi-Pro in, in Charlotte or um, something like that. If a band came through Tremont that I, that she knew I liked, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, you know, we'd go together because she loved music, mm-hmm. um, but she wanted to be involved with doing stuff with me. Yeah. You know, and she had told me, she's like, I just, I can't play. Uh, you know, I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know? But she loves music. We we moved to Florida in 2001, and we'd see some killer bands. I mean, we'd go to shows together. Yeah. You know, and they had uh, Rockabilly Ruckus down there, which we both like Rockabilly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we get it. It's the same chords, the same, the same progression. We we know it. Yeah, EAB. Okay, sure. Um, but it was really well, cool. There's good rockabilly. Though. There is good rockabilly. Good there's rockabilly. a band called the Dempseys out of Memphis that are one of the, hands down one of the best live shows I've ever seen. And they were in um, they were in Walk the Line. They were um, uh, uh, the backup band for. Is that mine? If you want. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm not going to force you to drink it. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I need to or whatever. But they were offer if I'm going to be drinking. I appreciate that. Um, they were the backup band for uh, Elvis. And also, oh, and, and three guys. Check them out online. They're, they've broken up since then, but they're called the Dempseys, and they're fucking amazing. And so, her and I were really into that kind of stuff. But as far as me going out and playing, nah, I, I, I gotta, you know, be a dad. I gotta go to work. I gotta, yeah, I, I got a lot of that too. Um, like she'd get jealous just from practice, band practice night. You're just going to hang out with your friends. Like, yeah. well, I it is my friends and I am hanging out with them, but we're playing music. So like every week, why don't you cancel practice? Why don't you just stay home every week? If I'd stay home, what we would do was sit on the couch and watch TV. She didn't really care. She liked music, but she liked country music and stuff. She didn't like anything I liked. Closest we got was um, she wanted to go see No Doubt, and I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so keep that in mind next time I want to go to a show because I went yeah. and saw No Doubt. <laughs> I can do that. I don't want to go see. Oh, no, uh, I encouraged her to go out with her friends and see, you know. She, I did the same. It was just you know, and I get it. I I, I, I get it. I didn't like it, but I, I understand it. You know, because there there are some things that can come along with being in a band, and then some just will never get over the jealousy of what could happen. The fact that you're on stage or playing. It was understood where yeah. she stood and where, I, you know, I wanted to play. And she's like, really? Okay. She would have <laughs> probably let you play if she could somehow play with you or something. I guess thing. so. Yeah. And, but she didn't have any. But she could she play. couldn't play anything. Yeah. She could just sing maybe. Maybe. So, I, I, I mean, I could kind of see that, but that's kind of all, you know, I see why you wouldn't like that. <laughs> You know, when that kind of stuff happens, we all make our own decisions. Like, yep. you know, it wasn't like I felt like she forced me to stop playing music. I did feel like she didn't support it, my playing music. So I sort of yeah, I eventually gave up. But I, it was my decision to be a family man. Right. For a while. Absolutely. And that's, that's how it was with me. It was mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, she, she's right. The time I'm spending, you know, going and playing music with my friends, I could be helping, you know, raise a family. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Yeah. And like I said, it made sense. It's like, well, you're a dad, do dad things. Mm-hmm. Jokes included. Yeah. <laughs> and now that you're like a, you know, you can just become wild and crazy and free again. <laughs> That's too much energy, man. <laughs> That's a like lot me, of energy. Like my, 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 my daughters are 22 and well, Sydney will be 19 next month in December. Um, so I'm at that age where I've kind of gotten back. My He's whole, a fucking wild man, let me tell not, you. I'm not a wild man, but I've gotten back that freedom to do the things that I want to do. Right. Because half the time I'm asking them if they want to do something. No, I've got plans. Going out with my boyfriend or whatever, you know. I wouldn't know where to begin. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. It's like the world has kept moving and I've like stayed in this spot. Yeah. And then finally, so I went out. That's why I'm doing this because... Like I like my musician friends, yeah, but I I don't want to go out there and party all the time or anything. So this this keeps me sane and gives me something right. to do and keeps me at home. Like, I don't know, if I, mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, what what's... I miss going to shows, but I don't yeah. want to go out there and party. I'm just not. I don't want to be a wild man again. I do miss going to shows when um 
like I said, we moved away for a while. We lived in Florida, which I loved living down there. Mm-hmm. People talk shit about Florida a lot, but I loved it. We were five minutes from the beach, and I love Disney World. So mm-hmm. we'd go to Disney World like maybe two, three times a month. Yeah, you know, take the kids. You know, go there for a weekend. You know, I made good money down there. It was just cool. We we couldn't afford living down there though because. We were just renting, mm-hmm. and it was either buy or get out. Yeah, all yeah. of Florida was getting like that. All the there's all these apartments becoming condos, and so it's like you're yeah. Once your lease is up, you got to go or buy. It's like can't afford this, so we came back. Um, what part of Florida was it? You're Bradenton. In? Bradenton. Yeah, right south of Tampa. Okay, St. Pete. Got gotcha. right down the Gulf Coast. Okay, yeah. I lived in Jacksonville for couple of years but i was real little yeah i remember i remember a lot about it but you know we, we went to uh, disney world quite a bit too when i was a kid but my dad was in the navy down there i lived in west palm when i was younger because when my mother moved from indiana with my brother and i she moved to west palm which okay. is where my grandmother yeah and all her side of the family is i'm pretty familiar with florida but uh yeah we came back and things weren't going well went through the separation all that um and then started getting, like I said, you know, got a guitar now. Yeah. Where do I go from here? And you learn the shit that you learned back in high school? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, a lot of it was muscle memory, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I lived in Concord for a while. I was seeing somebody who was living up there. So I didn't really resurface into Charlotte until about 2010, okay. I'd say. We moved back from Florida in about 2006. I was seeing it live in Concord until, yeah, about 2010. Then I started slowly resurfacing back into Charlotte, seeing what was going on with the scenes. Glad to see Tremont was still standing. Mm-hmm. But the whole Charlotte scene had just, like, blown up. There were all these new bands, so many different genres of bands and everything, and it was just so different from what it was when I was there, you know, back in the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, 2010, that was, I was pretty much completely out of it at that time. Um, I might have been aware of a few things that were going on, like I know a Baby Shaker. I know I don't know if they were going on at that time or not, but I know the, yeah, the, yeah. the bands. I remember because I, I kept up with it through like Creative Loafing and stuff like that, but right. I didn't really get out to see those bands. Um, so I was aware of some stuff going on, but I just you know if you ask me about some bands from that time, I go I have no idea. Uh, baby Shaker, were they playing then? Uh, was, uh, Scott Weaver, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, because when. We stopped playing in 2007. It was 2014 before I played again. And like I said, during those times, I saw a handful of shows. Yeah. So when you started, like you said, 2010 was when you started to kind of resurface. Were you playing in a band at that time or just going out? No, no. going out into the scene? I wouldn't even consider going out. It's like my son was living with me. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, you know, going through high school. And so, cat scratching at the door. <laughs> pardon? I said the cat's over there oh. scratching at the door. She feels left out. <laughs> um, so he was going, he was finishing up high school and he was living with me at the time, which I was there, you know, for him during the week. And he would go with his mother on weekends, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that works for me because that weekends I'm off. Yeah. So I can go out and, you know, see what's up, see what's going on. And um, I started going out more, meet, ran into a bunch of people that, I had been friends with for years that I hadn't seen in a while, you know, and reconnected with them. But I, you know, I wanted to start playing music 
And I guess I just didn't know enough people to ask. Yeah. You know, I was at Common Market one night. This is back when they had like the shows in the center of Common Market. Remember when they did that? No, I never, never saw one up there. Yeah, like as soon as you walk in before they built that little table right there, mm-hmm. that counter, they said, like, oh, clear all. Oh, my goodness. That whole space out and have shows right there. Wow. Oh, wow. I saw no anger control there. And I'm like, fuck, Charlotte has punk rock? What is this? And I was just like taking pictures and everything. I posted on Facebook. And everybody's like, dude, that's no anger control. How do you not know who that is? I'm like, this is the first time I've seen them. Yeah. I've never seen them before, and they're fucking killing it, you know? And um, I was elated that there was punk rock in Charlotte that sounded like this. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I was determined. I said, I got to I gotta get somebody. I got to find some people. And then I started playing Ghosts of Bannockburn. I was asked because I've known Will for a long time. And he knows that I share the same love for Celtic music as he does. A father where you so sad the sprite I stir mourn. When I hear us one a praying glad of the land where they were born. A thunder say and memories here a fair of distant days. When being just a boy like you, I joined the IRA. Where all the lads that stood with me when history was made. Oh, cram a tree along the sea, the boys of the Albrigade. Was that more? I never saw that, that band. Was that more traditional style? Or no, was it kind it's of, more. It was like a dropkick, dropkick style. That's what, that's what I was know, thinking. Yeah. yeah, I think I've listened to it and, you guys um, one time. It was fun. Yeah, you know, it was a fun show when I saw it. I saw it maybe once. Maybe at Reraw, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a fun show. We had it, it was a fun band. Yeah, you know, it was like, oh, we don't have to write anything. We're just, just going to kind of resurrect these traditional songs from years ago and just yeah. put our. Punk rock them up. I mean, that's like good, good party music for yeah. like adults or something. Yeah. <laughs> then if somebody hears a familiar song or two, then they get involved and it's cool. And you know, and that's where I've, I've known PK from because he played with Ghosts. Okay. As well. And so, but it just got to a point. It's like, man, I gotta, I gotta break. I want to still keep doing this because I, I, I enjoy playing so much. And all I did for that band was play acoustic. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know mandolin or banjo yet at the time. Okay. Yeah. So I just played acoustic guitar. But I said, man, I got ideas. I got, I've been writing lyrics down. I've been writing paragraphs, verses, whatever you want to call them. Got to find some people. And I saw All Rise. All Rise, yeah. That was, uh, Richie was in that band, Yeah, Richie right? and yeah. Dan and yeah. Tyler. And I was impressed with him because it was solid. Mm-hmm. You know? I had known who Richie was because I met him at Tommy's one night, back at the old Tommy's. Um, I was working security one night from one of Moss's birthday events. And I remember seeing Richie. I'm like, this guy. He's one of those guys that you're going to see him. He looks like an asshole. And you're going to remember him every time you <laughs> see him because, because he's going to talk to He looks to like you. an asshole. I told well, him. He, he, like, he does, kind of. But but he's also a very friendly guy. And he's going to talk to everybody that's I, there. I love Richie. I love Richie to death. He, he is a brother to me. And um, but he does. He looks like he, I saw him walk in with his hat backwards and everything. I'm like, yeah, God, this guy's gonna be fucking trouble. I know it. Yep. You know, and um, he, he looks like an asshole. He he, he don't he won't care that you say that. <laughs> no, I've said it to his face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, I met him at the end of the night. Jamie introduced us, and he Richie was just all smiling. You know, how Richie is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, shit. Dude, I thought you were going to be an asshole all night. Yeah, I said he's like the friendliest guy in the world. Yeah. Go talk to everybody there. And yeah. And so I already knew Richie. I wish um, I was as friendly as him. That's why. <laughs> and um, we had a sh- we had a show where All Rise 
the Fighting Jamesons from Virginia had come down, and Ghost of Bannockburn were playing on that bill. We were opening for them. We wanted another band, so we got we asked All Rise if they wanted to do it. Of course, they said okay, and uh, I about canceled the show because my mother had just passed away like the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I I still played it. I still showed up and played a dedicated show to my mom and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I, I probably would have done the same thing. It would have been something I felt like everybody's I'd like you don't have to have, do. you don't have to play. You know, you're, you're, you're like, no, dude. I know. Trust me. I need to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is my therapy. Yeah. Let me let me mourn. Let me grieve. You know the <clears> way <throat> I see fit for me. Yeah. And I really got to know Richie and Dan that night. Like I said, they opened. I don't know. I remember seeing something that Tyler had posted something on Facebook about. How he was looking for new guys for All Rise because he had booked a tour and Dan and Richie couldn't make it or something. Okay. So he wanted to get new guys who could actually go on tour because, you know, they have jobs and they have to work yeah. and whatnot. And so I even posted or commented on his post saying, well, if you're done with them, can I have them? Yeah. And he put a little laughing or liked it or whatever. And um, I'm like, no, I'm being serious, dude. Anyways, no, he in front of me about that shit. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I, was like, I told you I was going to. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I approached them both. I, Complete transparency. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you even liked it. <laughs> and I, uh, you can't take it back. I saw Dan at Common Market one day. I said, look, I'm thinking about starting something. Would you be interested? He's like, when and where? I'm like, cool. I'll keep you posted. I saw Richie not too long ago. Richie's like, man, I don't know what's going on with All Rise. I'll just um, I'll have to let you know where I stand. Because mm-hmm. I want to, if I'm not with All Rise, and I want that closure. I want to know and everything. And, yeah, um, yeah. And I guess the rest is history. Yeah. You know, I was looking for another guitarist. I did not bring uh dan gardner into the mix uh, well i did not seek him out yeah they brought him to practice and uh, he plays guitar i didn't even know who the guy was so like when i first met him was when our first practice pretty much mm-hmm. but i needed see i write for two guitars though yeah. that's a thing and a lot of people dismiss rhythm guitarists i'm like two words malcolm young come on yeah mm-hmm. well, I'm, not against, just, I'm not against them but i do think that i think it's fun to play as a three-piece and it's a little more challenging. And you can add that second guitar in on recordings. You can, but you can't really replicate that. Yeah. When when you do when you play live. Unless you're fucking Pete from Bouncing Soul, because I've watched him play <laughs> live, and that motherfucker is all over the neck. Yeah. And he makes that guitar sound exactly like it does on the fucking album. Yeah. One of my favorite guitarists. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. But so, I have, you know, I had all these riffs and everything. I was like, okay, well... I say all these reference three four chords. Okay, <laughs> let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, you, I call I call them riffs too. I mean, you call, you've heard the same company. Trust me, <laughs> you've heard our early shit. <laughs> when 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 he was no longer in the band, we had to really change our sound. I still look for another guitarist. That's why we had John Dickinson play with us for a little bit. Yeah, and I love John. 
as a musician, as a friend, great mm-hmm. guy. Um, but I've always like his his style. That would be that would work very well with us. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played a few shows. I thought went well, but you know, John, he just he's just not into it. I don't think he, he's, John has his life going on. Yeah, he, he he he's got a lot of he's got a lot of shit going on, on on his head, and you know, understandably so. And when a musician wants to play, they're going to play, and when they don't really want to play, they're you know, you know, I I try to give everybody their space. Mm-hmm. You know, you do what you need to do. Because I, I mean, who the fuck am I? I'm not a priority. You know, I don't see myself as one. So everybody is has their own thing going on. Yeah. You know, and you got to accept it. <laughs> I mean, whether you like it or not, you just got to accept it. Yeah. yeah. So we've really tried to adapt just being a three piece. So when you guys first started out, when you first played your first show, were you a three piece or, or a four piece? Four. Was, we that, were four was that when Dan was the, yeah. playing when you, with you? Dan, the Dan's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, where, where'd you play your first show at? Milestone. Milestone. Okay. Yeah. It was, um, I think we may have opened for Biggie Stardust. Okay. And this is the Commonwealth, because yeah. I don't think we've mentioned the name yet. I yeah, no, this was the Commonwealth. That may have been our first show. I think Jeff may have had a a hand in getting us on that show. Okay. So it was some kind of Biggie Stardust event. I believe that was our first show. Because why not hook onto a good name yeah. if you're gonna, oh, yeah. for your first show? You what know? year? What year was this? Oh, you know? I don't know. It was maybe about five years ago. Yeah, um, probably a little longer than that. Because I think maybe six. 2014 is when we started playing, and one of our first shows was, was with you guys, or one of our early shows. Okay. I think you guys have been playing for a little bit. Did we play with them at uh, at Common Market? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We played the Common Market together. Maybe? Our first, our first show was at. We played Common Market together a few times. Yeah, our, our first show at. I mean, our first show in Charlotte. Our first show as Van Huskins was Snug Harbor with uh, Secret Hospital and uh, Robert Childers and somebody else. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. That that, that Common Market show was pretty early, I think. I don't know. Anyway, so it had to have been at least six years ago, I think. Uh, Yeah, about 2014. Yeah, about, yeah. Sounds about right. And you also played in uh, the Chalkies, too. Oh, yeah, that was really fun. fun, Again, dismissed the Chalkies. But with with, uh, with, um, the Commonwealth. Do you write most of the songs for that? How much? Well, I, I think Dan writes. Dan writes whatever Dan sings. Dan is what Dan has written. Okay, yeah. Um, it which, started off though as you being the primary songwriter, correct? Yeah, but Dan was always like coming up with ideas, and he seemed a little apprehensive about them at first. He's like, "Did you not write for All Rise? I mean, because dude, step up. Yeah, yeah you know, ahead. if you got them, let, let's see what yeah. you got. Well, I <laughs> yep. used to write for the accident sometimes. I mean, you know, some of our songs, usually the ones I would sing on would be the mm. ones that I wrote. Or, now, I'll, I'll start jamming on stuff in the practice room. And a lot of times it's stuff we could probably use. But he just brings so many songs that I'm just like, well, I just use this idea for something down the road. So a lot of times when I'm jamming in there and just like, you're like, what's that riff? I'm like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> we lose it. But later, it's like something I've learned from that riff. I'll, I'll take it yeah, into something yeah. that we do. But one of these days, I might write a song for Van Huskins. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I write. Um, my, my even my writing style has changed with this band, and um, well, creativity be- breeds creativity. Mm-hmm. Once Dan started writing shit, I was like, "Dude, floor is yours." Yeah, you know, have at it. But I also, think it's good that it doesn't sound like a different band when it's his songs. It sounds like the same band. That's right. That's right. It's 
we try to keep that aesthetic. Yeah. You probably know? talk about how great a bass player he is, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, he's, he's my favorite. Never told him that. He's, he's my, my favorite bass player in Charlotte, <laughs> he, by far. He's he, just so good. He it's amazes fun to me. watch, too. Yeah, he really is. And he amazes me. when I, Even, like, at practice and stuff, he'll just, like, come up and it's like, man. It's like, do you just know how good you are? I've seen him be, like, pretty much blackout drunk and nail it. <laughs> Yeah. Singing and playing. He is playing that one. Say, man, I'm yeah. fucked up so bad. I'm like, no, you didn't, dude. It's yeah, like, yeah, he killed it. He he is a remarkable human. He really is. I love the guy. But yeah, he writes. He's a very good drummer too. Yeah. And I've never heard him play trumpet, but he says he knows how to play trumpet. Okay. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. No, but Dan is. Uh, yeah, he writes half half the songs. Um, like I said, it's just we try to keep within the same dynamic of sound mm-hmm. but at the same time you can tell his songs from mine you can definitely you, tell you can but it's it, like i said it still, still sounds like the same band it's not yeah. like that drastically different it's still the same tones right same chords probably mostly yeah <laughs> probably um all three of them we got new songs now that we've been working on i don't know what the uh, future has in has for the Commonwealth. I've, I, I, I don't know. We, nobody knows what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I think everybody's kind of, at this point, just chugging along. Yeah. Going, okay, well, I mean, there's, there's some bands that are comfortable with getting together and jamming. And I guess so. It sounds like you guys are. We have been, yeah. Um, some aren't. And that's understandable. But um, it's like we talk about every week in practice. When we practice, it's like we don't have anything to practice for right now other than just working on these new songs and whatever we decide we want to play that week. Right. So it's not like we got to keep the set list up or whatever. Now, we don't have to go into all the details, but you did have a recent switch in, in, in your drummer. Yeah. Is it, is Evan still playing drums? He, he has, has been, yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, it, it, it it's not my place to say. Yeah. You know, Dan and Richie had a falling out, and that's all I will say. Yeah. I don't, I was not there. I you know I don't know what transpired I don't I don't know. All I know is that you know Dan gave me an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. You know either I find a new band or we find a new drummer. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you write half of our songs, man. I mean, yeah. that's like <laughs> that's a, like our, our catalog. You own half of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I made a decision. I said, look, I'm going to leave it up to you. So you want to find a drummer? The ball's in your court, man. Yeah. All right, I'm giving you free reign. Have at it. Evan um, was playing with uh, Aloha, mm-hmm. Aloha Broha at the time, which I think even they were on hiatus. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm not really sure what was are going they, on with are that. Are they still, they're, they're still playing? Or I have no idea. Like, yeah. I think Adam got, he got um, what I've heard people refer to as a big boy job. Um, I don't know exactly what it is that he does, but I think it requires him to like work out of town mm-hmm. for a while. I don't know. I got the impression they weren't done, but they're like just one of those bands that I love, play when they can. I love those guys. I'd love to see them, you know, make music again. I don't know if they are. I don't think, I don't know who is, you know, everybody's in the dark. About yeah. It's just like on. right now. I don't, it's almost like it doesn't really matter who's still a band and who's not. Cause yeah. on the other side of this, some of the bands that are still bands might not be and some Exactly. That, some that aren't currently doing anything are going to pick right back up. Just yeah. like, okay, we're, let's start playing again. And so, um, Evan has been playing drums. Like I said, we practice over at his place. Well, he's got the space for it, absolutely. And we've been working on new songs, and it's interesting. It's a different. It's different because that, the that's way the cat. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's feeling left yes. out. Practice 
with the Commonwealth now versus then is a lot different even because Evan likes to record everything first. Mm-hmm. Then he'll sit down there w- with me and he's like, okay, so how do you want the drums to go in this part? So he's like, he's like mapping it out. But he's getting blueprints down. Yeah. Whereas we just show up and say, okay, we'll try this. Well, next thing you know, our drummer's worn out by the end of practice <laughs> and everything. And Evan will sit there and he'll listen to it and then he'll like go back. Finally, at the end of the night, he's like, okay, let's do this. And we'll knock <laughs> it out like that. That's interesting. It is. I've never Did done it. Did like, it like record a, it like on his phone or something? Uh, no, like, like, uh, like it, it was uh, like a Mac gotcha, thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, he could like, okay, so you want like for the ride, you know? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, quarter time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what do you want to do here? Because he'll record me playing. So it's almost like a recording process, but it's just practice. That's 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 interesting. And then he'll go over the parts that I'm playing. He's like, what do you want for this part? Yeah. I'm like, okay, can we try this? You know, and like a crescendo here, maybe. I, you know, and it it's interesting. And because of that, our songs. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. We're not the same band, obviously, than when we first started yeah. five, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We are, but we're not. Most of the stuff we're writing now, kind of it's heavier. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of power behind the drums that there wasn't before. Don't get me wrong. Richie's a solid drummer. Yeah. Richie kept it in the pocket. He's a good, solid drummer. Yeah. Evan goes beyond that a little bit more. It's like, cause, you know, he's a metalhead. Mm-hmm. You, and yeah, it'll show in the drumming. It shows. Yeah, get get yourself a metalhead drummer. I remember <laughs> the Reverend Horton Heat when he first started out. He had a metalhead drummer. Yeah, the guy using double bass on rockabilly songs. Yes, yeah. yeah. and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, so that's like, like me and Matt. We talked about on our it, way back on our one of our early episodes. So my first band, my very first band, we used, we used to practice up here too. But our drummer and our guitar player both learned to play along with metal. So we were starting this punk rock band, but me and Matt were still just, I was learning how to play bass and Matt was a screamer. He was a singer, Mm. but we already had this backbone of like two guys that could play. And not only could they play, but they, they played along to heavy metal. So they kind of knew what they were doing. So we had guys that were actually pretty good at their instruments and it it makes a little bit of a difference. It gives you a little bit of a, even for the shitty punk rock band that we were. Right. We had some cool solos and we had a drummer that could knock it out of the park every time. Having a drummer is part of the key to to making any good music yeah. you know it's any rock music because i mean you could be like phil rudd and acdc and just same thing just solid in the pocket kind of drumming or you can have you know some heavy metal shit you know and i don't know where i was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does having a having a drummer that now again not to take away from anybody that's a good solid drummer that i mean rich is a great drummer mm. but anybody that wants to take it to that next level like a drummer that yeah. does that really kind of show brings what you the got. rest of the band up. Too. Yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. You know, show me what you got. Okay. Oh, you're gonna do that. Okay. Well, I'm gonna write a song that's gonna like make challenge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I encourage creativity. Yeah. I even told Richard from day one. I want you to become out of this being a better drummer. Be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, just you're you're not playing for social distortion. <laughs> you, you, need, you know, be creative.
lot of people, you know, just kind of, you want to find a balance between, you know, playing rock solid and then, you know, then being creative. You got to find somewhere in between that. You know, find find those little your, twists or whatever, the little things that like hook people in. That's what Ben talks about. Yeah, we, we, we talk about that a lot in practice, like doing these little things that make people listen and go, oh, what the, what do they do there? Fool them into thinking that you did something. Yeah, like we're a better band than we actually yeah. are because we got these little tricks that we throw out every now and then. Like certain nuances. That yeah, yeah like something that's a little... Not, most bands would just do it like this, one, two, three, four, and then we do it like this, one, two, five, four. You know, we, we throw this extra little thing in there that's like screws screws with you a little bit if you're thinking about it. But it's really not that special. Yeah. It doesn't... We're, we're really not that much better musicians, but it makes us sound like we're better musicians because we can pull these and that's, little things and that's, off. And that's great. That's what <laughs> we're I, attempting to do. That, that, that's great because the way I see it, most people, it seems to me, have like, they have very short attention spans. You're looking at, okay, you're playing a show and, and unless you're established, you know, in the music world, multiple CDs and everything, but if you're just like, okay, that's fine. But if you're just like a local musician, I'd say nothing over three minutes, really. Yeah. Because people start to lose interest. Yeah. Especially if you're playing without adding those nuances that you're just talking mm-hmm. about. If you're just sitting there and you're just like doing the same thing, okay, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, people are like, okay, it's been three minutes now and <laughs> there's really nothing going on here except it's the same song. And That's why you take that song and make it a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got a couple of songs that are like four minutes, five minutes. Usually it's like kind of songs that are combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, they, they really drastically change at one point. So it's like, okay, this is just fast rocking part. And all of a sudden, we stop, and we just like it gets real switch ups are good. I love switch ups. So it it, it it makes it it's all like I said. Even if it's one song, it makes it almost sound like it's two songs. Yeah, it's like okay, we're I got doing a, something totally different here. I got a few like that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's an attention grabber. You know, people mm-hmm. are like, oh, okay, what? Do you, well, that's a total key change. What do you do there? You know, so, but it fits. Yeah, you know, we have that song home. That we that we play, I do a total key change to an F at the end, of, like the second half of that song. Yeah, it was getting to a point where it's just like repetitive. Okay, throw this in there. Okay, oh now that changes the whole dynamic. Yeah, F A minor G. So okay, let's try this. Well, the song's called Home, so to me, I wanted like a chord progression that inspires that mm-hmm. to inspire that with that wanderlust about you know coming back home or leaving home or whatever. And I just kind of wanted that. To me, that's what that chord change, that key change in that song does. Yeah. So, so. you, um, and we can talk more about Commonwealth in a little bit or whatever, but you also, you a little while ago, you said how you hadn't started playing mandolin or, or um, banjo yet at, at this point when you were playing with Ghosts of Bannockburn. Correct. But, so you start, you decided to start learning that. Was that because of playing with Felly when you started playing no, with No, I Felly? started playing, um, I bought the mandolin from somebody for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. I was drunk one night at the bar. I said, fuck it. I got the cash on me. Why not? Yeah. So I said, you know, something to learn, something to yeah. play around on. You know, maybe I will learn it one day. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So I didn't even know how to tune it. Thank it's you a little for, different. It's like backwards. Thank you for YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube tutorials. Yep. And um, I learned how to do surgery that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, I, I tuned it up, got some new strings for it and everything, and... Um, Started learning stuff. It's it's weird because you know you play you know E A D G B E E A D G mm-hmm. standard mandolins are G D A E yeah 
but G, the, you're right. But the, <laughs> but, but, the, but the gauges are reversed. Yeah. The G being the low, the E being the high. Gotcha. And so it's like... That's hard to rewire your brain. You'd think it would be. Because yeah. I tried to explain this to uh, Alex about it. It does sound confusing. But once you figure out certain patterns, you're like, oh, okay, I got this. This isn't bad. In fact, it sounds pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And so I've been starting to play that. Fellet had joined Ghost of Bannockburn at one point. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I started playing mandolin, mm-hmm. was that we asked Fell to join with Ghosts because she can play guitar. She can take over my duties as guitarist. I can learn mandolin, mm-hmm. and she can provide that voice. Yeah, That didn't really work out. They were ready to part ways with her, and I told them, if she goes, I go. Yeah. Because I want to play with music with her. Mm-hmm. We're very good friends. Yeah. Feli and I are we're, tremendous person. We're, we are we are very, very good. For, we're very close. She's one of my favorite people. Oh, yeah. She's um, awesome. And PK is like, well, fuck, I guess I'm with you guys then. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. And so I met an accordion player down in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. The Commonwealth went on a, like a run with the hooligans and uh, Queen City Rejects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we played three cities and... Um, Play a show in Atlanta. I met an accordion player down there. I had my Pogue shirt on. He was uh, all asking me. And he's like, "Yeah, I play accordion." I'm like, "Oh, we're from Charlotte. If you want to come up there and you know jam sometime, you know, we'd be more than welcome to have you." Yeah. Well, shit. He showed up with his accordion. He's fucking good. And um, so we formed Bottle of Smoke. And Fell and PK were just coming out of Ghosts, and the, um, and our friend Brian, the accordionist, was here. And one thing is, he lived in Atlanta. Yeah. So and as like, as other thing going on, uh, Lucky Bastard, Bucky Laster, or Bucky yeah. Laster, Bucky yeah. Laster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's one <laughs> hell of a frontman. Yeah. Um, he can get that crowd going, and everything. But shows were starting to get booked for Bottle of Smoke before we knew what we were doing. Oh. Like we we weren't. We were still kind of in the dark on some of these songs. He's like, "Don't worry, I got this." And he's up there with the accordion. He's like, "But we're back here, like, you know, almost air banding some songs." Turn the volume down on that acoustic. There we go. You know, because I mean, because he was so quick to get the shows and everything, but we didn't know what we were doing, and it got to a point where it's like, you know, it was just too much for him. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, Atlanta to Charlotte—that's four hours. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's an investment, you know. Yeah, it really is. And so he had musicians down there, and um, like, okay, well, you know, cool. Do your thing, man. Wish you the best of luck. We're going to keep doing our thing. I just started getting better at mandolin, as you know, the more you practice something. But I bought a tenor banjo, which um, those are normally tuned CGDA, okay? Mm-hmm. But the Irish strings on them, it's GDA, GDAE like a mandolin. Okay. So anything I can play on the mandolin, I can play on the banjo. Oh, so, okay. And so there's really not a whole lot of transition there. You just have to get the right gauge for the banjo. Yeah. And um, that whole um, me buying it was kind of serendipitous in its own way because I'd received a check in the mail from my dad. There was a card with a check in it for X amount of money. And it was like I was talking to your mother the other night. And this had been a few years since she had passed. 
And uh, I was talking to your mother the other night, and she wants you to have this and do something creative with it. So I'm like, Sam Ash, let's go. <laughs> music store. Yep. Let's do it. What can I, you know, I love going to the music store. So <laughs> we go down to Sam Ash, and we're in that, 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 that acoustic room where they have, like, all the banjos and mandolins and stuff. And I was just talking to the guy behind the counter. I'm like, do you carry any uh, Irish banjos or tenor banjos? He's like, no. There's really not a market for those here. We have the five um, five string claw hammer style, which is used for bluegrass, but there's no market for the Irish. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, fine, whatever. All right, so I'm looking around. And there in the corner, I see a four string tenor banjo. <laughs> I'm like, I pick it up. I'm like, excuse me, uh, is this not a tenor? He's like, I, I didn't even know that was in here. <laughs> And so I'm like, we should be keeping inventory, but that's another yeah. thing. You know, <laughs> and I look at the price tag, and it was right within my limit of what I had with that check to spend. So I snagged it. I was like, thanks, Mom. Yeah. yeah. I had to. Yeah. You know, I had the money. And they said what? They, they said they didn't have it, you know. And, and it was there. It was right so there. It was, like, it was right fucking yeah, there. I'm buying like, this. Yeah, I got to have it. And so I've been learning on that, and I love it. I love playing these folk instruments. Mm-hmm. Because it's such, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. You know? Just like when I played bass with Chalkies. It was like me going back to my roots. When I first started out as a musician. Yeah. Bass was my first instrument ever. Yeah. You know? Playing bass with Chalkies. The songs were already written. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so you started playing. When did you start playing with it, them? I was in the last leg of it. So. Yeah, just that last couple of years. Yeah. Last year or so. My last about two years. Yeah. Last year and a half to two years. Um, oh, and it was so much fun. It's like we go to songs. Knock out the set, boom, drink some beers. Yeah. And I love Mark. Mark's Mark's a great guy to hang out with. Yeah, I know. Uh, we saw that last show at Snug Harbor. Uh, we, oh, we're, we, we had a show the very same night down at the station. Okay, and, I think uh, I remember that. We, I, I don't ever like to like leave after we play. Yeah, we played early. I don't right. But I was like, man, the Chalkies are playing their last show. So we, we hung around for a little bit of the band after us, and then we're like, all right, let's run down to Snow Harbor. And so we came down there and saw you guys playing. Got back in time to see the last band. Right on. The last you know, 20 cool. minutes they're set. Yeah. That, I always a, feel bad, though, about doing that. But I was like, man, I got to see this. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's a certain etiquette to that. You're absolutely right. Wanna be Ringo and a wanna be boss. We got deal with the devil and they all three lost. I'm still here, still talking shit. No, I, I did. Mark had asked me a long time ago, and I said, "Yeah, Jimmy King had taken that spot." Okay, yeah, as, as bassist, he played From, with him for a while. You know Jimmy, right? Yeah, he's, he plays with uh, in that band, the surf band. Yeah, Aqualads. Aqualads. Yeah. I couldn't think of it right away. Jimmy played with them for a while, and then um, he left. Mark's like, "Well, the spot's open again if you want." Mm-hmm. And so I said, "Yeah, sure, why not?" You know, like I said, I didn't have to worry about anything. The songs were already written. So all yeah. I do is just show up, you know, have play. a good old time. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. I, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something like that in the near future, like joining up with somebody that's got a back catalog. They've already got stuff. their shit together. That's all I have to do is learn their stuff and yeah. go play for them. <laughs> yeah, because if I'm going to do like a, a second side project or whatever, 
I, I don't want it to be something I have to devote a whole lot of time into putting my stuff into. I mean, I might do my own solo stuff, mm. solo project where I write some songs. But right on. If I want to like go play shows with somebody else, I might just be like, let me just play your songs. <laughs> just yeah, put it like autopilot, you know. It's fun, yeah. Like you said, autopilot is just, and you're still getting your therapy. So yeah. did, did did Mark decide to just end the band because he's just getting tired of playing? Or I don't know Mark's reasons. Um, I didn't know if there was like if the band just ran its course. Had a fallen out, or was I, like just like Mark was just tired. Is that, that's the impression I got. Was Mark was just kind of tired of playing shows? Yeah, that's what, that's what I think it was. Yeah. I, I, there was no beef with anybody. Yeah, everybody was still. We were all really good friends, and uh, Mark's like, okay, you know, like in Forrest Gump when he's like, I think I'm going to go home now. Yeah, and he's <laughs> running across the country. Yeah, and that's 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 his thing. And he just turns around and he's got this following, you know, like the Chalkies. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go home now. Everybody's like, oh, okay, okay. Well, what do we do? <laughs> well, it's good to end on a high note like that, though, because everybody kind of wants more, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you didn't overstay your welcome. Yeah. I tell him, I said, you know what? Chalkies reunion someday might be something to consider. He's like, no, it's not happening. <laughs> he, he does every now and then say something about how he misses it. I know. I know. And I know he does. Yeah. You know, it's in his blood. I love Mark and I'll support him whatever he does. Mm. You know, if he asks me to play with him again, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, absolutely. Good times. So we were talking to also a little bit about, um, did we start talking about Bottle of Smoke up here? We did. We, we've already we, started talking we, about we, it. We bit. did, yeah. So Bottle of Smoke is you and PK and Fell, correct? Yep. So, But you've also got Smelly Felly, which is Fell's band, mm-hmm. but that's you and PK and Fell as well, yeah. isn't it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're two totally different bands. Absolutely. The songs are from Smelly Felly are all Fell's songs. She yeah. wrote those. Correct. And then the Bottle of Smoke songs are group effort, or is that... They're just old traditionals. Traditionals, yeah. yeah. I, I knew there were some traditionals. Do you write any any no. originals? No. Okay, it's all traditional stuff. It's okay. A, it's good filler for, you know, a bar who wants to hear that kind of music. Mm-hmm. I don't want to remain, like, exclusively Celtic-Irish. I want to go, like, like learn some Russian folk songs. Yeah, um, there's a Finnish polka out there that we're going to start working on. Okay, again, oh, that would work. Which Fel can sing like in Finnish, so we're trying to get you know bring that back. I'm just trying to try to expand. I I love worldly music. Yeah, I think a dream of mine is like, you know how um, Anthony Bourdain went around the world and with with, with all the different cultures, different foods. He tried sampled all the yeah. different foods and everything. I want to go around the world and do different instruments. Yeah, oh, that's a cool <laughs> idea. You know, what is this thing called? How do you play it? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great idea. You know, you heard it. Here I'll, first. Cut, I'll, I'll cut this out of the podcast so nobody else gets this idea. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> but no, I think that'd be, I think that'd be remarkable because there, there's a lot of music lovers out there. So I think with a, uh, yeah, bottle of smoke, I'm just, I just want to keep learning how to play other, other things, mm-hmm. you know? Music, just like not even just the songs, but the instruments as well. Yeah, you know, my apartment's not very big though, so <laughs> I have to cut back on the on the you know wanting more more things. Yeah, <laughs> wanting more instruments. But yeah, um, playing with Smelly Felly, uh, like I said, I was asked, and I said, yeah, sure, absolutely, of course. There's been a rotating yeah. uh, band with that, but it's all. Felly. Yeah, it's all her songs. Yeah, it's absolutely. I think a lot, and I, I I can't speak for Felly on this. This is just my opinion. But seeing someone grow mm-hmm. 
and like as a as a musician, seeing someone grow as a songwriter, they kind of discard some of the things they've done and just go from there. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I love you. Don't cut me anymore. I won't do this. You know, song about sexual predators anymore. I'm moving on, and I think that's what I think that to me, I think that's what that's just my opinion. Well, I think her songs are they're very personal, and so when that when they do become that personal. You get to do whatever you want to with them, and if that means I don't ever want to play this song again, then absolutely, I, I'm never going to play this song. Again. Exactly. That's why I guess practice is so calm, mm-hmm. you know, because there's no, there's no pressure on anybody. Yeah. It's like, well, I want you to learn this. Well, you said you were going to cut it. Oh, that's right. Okay, cool. Moving on. And there's no pressure from PK and I saying, well, hey, well, I think you should bring this back. Let's bring this back. That's no, not our place. Same. Yeah. Not our shit. You preach unity for social status. You bully people when they're not PC. Always thought that you would be for most forms of freedom of speech. Social justice warriors. Stop your fucking crying. Facebook's not reality. And people are dying. Speaking of the common good, Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that name. <clears throat> is there any like specific reason behind the name, no. or is it just like a? To me, what it, uh, it represents, like absence of government. Yeah, yeah, kind of doing people, it on your own, right? Yeah. Running their shit their own way, and also I live near Commonwealth Avenue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. But no, it's all. It, it, it's just. I don't know. It just made sense. It yeah. is a good band name. It is really like I always thought so. Well, thank you. But there is there's there's another Commonwealth though. There's there? a few of them. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> See, we, we <laughs> when, when, when we were the accidents, we ran into that too. Like, oh, okay. that's that's fairly that's actually a fairly common name. <laughs> so. Yeah, we have them too. I didn't discover it until afterwards. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh well, oh well. We capitalize ours. Yeah, <laughs> and then when it, whenever you do that, whenever you find that there are other bands out there, like so we we. The only reason we really did it, because everybody around Charlotte still called us the Accidents. Okay. But we changed our name to Los Accidentes, which is basically the Spanish way of saying it. Because back then on MySpace, we had a band page, and one day I woke up and got on MySpace, and all of a sudden the band page is gone. Your page has been deleted because of copyright reasons. Well, then I get to looking, and I would already discovered that there were like six other bands called the Accidents out there on MySpace. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's only one band called The Accidents on MySpace. There's some band from, I say Sweden. There's some, some somewhere over there in the. They actually copyrighted the name. But, and they were kind of getting a name for themselves. And they were a really good band. I mean, well, they were pretty good. They weren't, let's say, really good. They were kind of rockabilly ish punk rock. Okay. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. So I wasn't really mad about it. I'm like, well, you know, these guys are kind of getting a name for themselves. No, they never, they never blew up. But at that time, I was like, well, we'll just change it to Los Accidentes. Everybody around here still calls us The Accidents, so. That's how the goddamn Gallows got their name. Yeah. Was they were going to call themselves the Gallows, but there's a band, there's a hardcore band from Scotland called oh, the Gallows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like, fuck, what was the goddamn Gallows? And, and, that's they're, awesome. and they're stuck. That's awesome. Well, that's like, uh, so Warboys, US, yeah. 
it was just going to be War Boys, but there's another band called War Boys, I think, from England or you know somewhere somewhere in Europe. So Europe band. And so John said Damn, he just Europe decided bands. to put, he said he just decided to put US at the end of it and has never had any problems out of it since then. But most people around here just call them War Boys anyway. Yeah, we haven't had a problem. We haven't experienced any problems with anybody except well, there was a band called the Commonwealth from Ohio, I mm-hmm. think. Didn't they play down here one time or something? No, they were getting tagged in our, oh, our yeah. flyers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I think <laughs> like, we actually did. I, I think we've I never been to Charlotte. They're like messaging. <laughs> we didn't book this. Wait, wait, where am I supposed to be playing at tonight? Shit. Right. <laughs> Relay Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Relay Stone. Relay Stone. But you also have the um, the Commonwealth of American Natives. Yeah, uh, we played uh, we played a show with them. From time. Tennessee or something or Virginia. I think something right. like that. I'm trying to remember where they're from. I know we played. They're a really show good. I didn't get to see yeah. them because I, I had to work the next day, like at six o'clock yeah, in the they, morning. They were so. really good. They are. But yeah, no, it's just I thought it was a good name for a band, and like I said, it, to me, it represents you know absence of government, people mm-hmm. living together, work making it work. Kind of in a way, it has the same kind of ring, like the you know the Commonwealth, the you know the business or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who would you say some of your biggest influences are as far as writing music? Writing music. Mm-hmm. I like storytellers. Okay. Shane McGowan. And I'm not saying, but by saying I, I, I like that, I'm not saying that my songs reflect that because they're not really stories. Yeah. But as far as like who who, who I look forward to just to extract any kind of influence from, or hell, even just fucking comfort. Shane McGowan, mm-hmm. hands down. Strummer. I'm a huge Strummer fan. Yeah. Um, Johnny Cash. Yeah. I love his style. Also, Jimmy Buffett. Okay. I'm That's a, interesting. I love Jimmy Buffett. I <laughs> love Jimmy Buffett. And people give me shit about it. It's like, you know. I was going to say, not many people will, will admit to that. <laughs> and I, he's, he's a great songwriter. Yeah. Because he falls in that storytelling um, on that plateau, that same. I can see that. Yeah. I don't. I don't really get into him, but a it's probably just don't. the style of music. Yeah, just, it, I like it because it's just you know beachy. And, and, it, and he's a, he's yeah. one of those. We we talked about this at band practice the other day. We were talking about Pantera and Sublime and how like there are certain bands out there whose their fans have made me like them less. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jimmy Buffett would be one of those that I would just because of his fans, I would never like approach his music anyway <laughs> well you don't want to go hang out with my dad man. <laughs> i don't know i just love the idea of the guy you know he lived on a boat for years he traveled every around the world he plays his guitar oh i get i totally respect and, the dude i mean he's he does everything he wants to do the way yeah. he wants to do it and people love it it's not my thing mm-hmm. but, and i always talk about like my dad's record collection i'll be like there's some good stuff in there like alice cooper and then there's some crap in there like jimmy buffett <laughs> And that's understandable. A lot of you know, he gets a lot of hate. I like a lot of bands that people don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, Phil Collins. Oh, <laughs> I, I've gotten more to that point myself. So that's why I like when you say Jimmy Buffett. I'm like, like oh man, fuck that dude. I'm like, nah, I can understand that because like even Phil Collins, I don't really care for him that much. But I've grown to love some of his stuff, or not love, but yeah. like some of it. I, <laughs> if I hear like stuff from like the '80s, besides the one unspeakable song by Phil Collins. I can appreciate some of their stuff, you know. Like You're not uh, trying to diss Sue Studio, are you? <laughs> no, I'm saying I can appreciate Sue Studio and, and like Invisible Touch and shit. Oh, but. Because those were on the radio when I was a kid and I was first listening to music. I, I thought, I thought that, that's the one you were talking about. If I hear In the Air tonight one yeah. more time, oh, I mean, I'm yeah. like, I'm <laughs> it all. You see, I, I'm conflicted. Like, 
with a band like U2. You know? I can understand that because I love U2. I think Joshua Tree is, a, is an amazing album. Mm. It's fantastic. I can't stand Bono. Yeah. R.E.M.s. A lot of people don't like Michael Stipe. Exactly. I and like I like, I like R.E.M. I like I early stuff. But you know, everybody that plays music is kind of an asshole. It's just different degrees of... Every, all of us that play music are kind of... I don't want to say narcissistic, but... Narcissistic. There's a lot of fucking <laughs> opinions in music, you know? And yeah. Just think about some of the motherfuckers you know around town, you know, and imagine if they got huge, you know, how they'd be like, people be talking shit, All the shit, most insufferable you know? assholes in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't name names. Yeah. But as far as songwriting goes, I don't really model myself after anybody in particular. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really think so. Like, I don't, but I... I'm a I, I'm a lyrical I'm a big fan of lyrics mm-hmm. always have been. Get the CD if it comes with a, the lyric sheet I'm like okay I'll see you in the next hour yeah and because I want to know where they're coming from the songs have more meaning when I can fully under, get a grasp on what they're saying. You know uh, like I said um, McGowan Strummer uh, Cash I'm trying to think of who else I think um, you know what I think Eminem is a great songwriter okay and I'll be honest with you I I couldn't stand him. Mm-hmm. Early 2000, when he first came out, I couldn't stand him. So I'm the opposite. I, I liked him when he first came out. Now I, don't, I can't stand him now. I, don't, I haven't heard his new stuff. <laughs> but I did, this was at, you know, early 2000s. I, I didn't give him a chance. And um, then I started listening to the, uh, the, the flow, as the kids say these days. But the, the, his cadence, mm-hmm. his delivery. Oh, he's good, yeah. And it's like. He's another one, though, that the fans, I think, turned me on him. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I I hate to say it that way, but <laughs> he, I mean, he's like LL Cool J. He's still a great rapper. His yeah. music's too vanilla now, or something, you know. I haven't heard any, anything recently. I either, to be honest. But I mean, it's just when he started getting kind of serious, it kind of took away from his charm in a way. Because his first music, you know, his first stuff he put out, he was like a fucking asshole, you know. Yeah. Pill popper, everything, you know. But then he started, you know, singing about his mom's spaghetti or whatever. And he's, <laughs> Mocking the people that are hating on him. Yeah. And I think um, I like Rage Against the Machine. I think their yeah. um, their lyrics are extremely relevant today. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and I think I, I, I like Zach's style. So, like I said, I listen to a lot of shit that a lot of people hate, but, uh, I mean, I just look... I guess I can find influence out of pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when I write... I don't want the melody of the uh, of the music to coincide exactly with what the with the flow of the lyrics. Yeah, we, you know, we try we, to avoid like, that too. We talked about that before. About yeah, that's what makes the difference between a band, like say somebody like we always bring up Green Day, like they're just playing straight ahead three chord punk, but that vocal line is what elevates it over. Right. right. And I think what you're saying is the same thing. Yeah. You don't want to just sing along. That's what it separates is. you know something of worth from something that's just somebody in the garage, a bunch of kids playing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which, but but you know what? If, if but if you can pull that off, more power to you. You know, because I, I do listen to bands like that. It's just not for me. Yeah. If I write a song, it's like sometimes I'll picture in my head what it would sound like if so and so from this band were singing it. Mm-hmm. And that might help with the style of music or the style I'm going yeah. for, you know? It's like, okay, well, you can take this guy from this band or you can take this guy from this band. And that, those musical styles are going to vary mm-hmm. greatly. So how, even though it's the same chords, 
how do you want to present this? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so it, there's a lot of experimentation going on in my head. I hear, like, I'll have a song in my head before I even put it on paper. I can, um, I get a riff, and then I'll get, I'll go to the guitar, to my acoustic, and make sure the, the riff is what I'm sticking in my head. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or if there's, like, even a, any kind of slight deviation from that, <clears throat> I'll, um, I'll go with that. Then I'll get a melody, and then I'll hear the bass and how the drum should go. Here's a breakdown part. Okay, um, you stop on this part. You come in with a snare roll, and that, uh, everything's planned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, if you need some water or another beer, there's there's more in there. Um, yeah, I'll get one. Thank you. What you want? Uh, I'll take a PBR, please. Oh. Grab me one. <coughs> Grab me one too while you're there, sir. <laughs> you are. You did make yourself useful today. <laughs> but I was gonna say, like, uh, so like. Influence-wise, like Van Huskins, we don't try to sound like anybody, but we do like you do. We like we have, I guess, all our influences from different places. Eric's influence might not come from the same place my influence is coming from, and that's and that's awesome. And that's what makes the band become something of its own, and not. I read an interview with um, Anthrax once, mm-hmm. and they are. This is like right after Among the Living came out, like sometime in the eighties, and the, and that's always stuck with me. Is like. Everyone in the band has different influences. Yeah. Um, uh, Charlie Benante, he was listening. He, he loved Sade. Okay. Yeah. And he liked a lot of you know R and B. Ben, ben loves Sade. <laughs> and so he makes me listen to him just about every week after practice, or listen to her. And <laughs> and, and I think that's very that that's that's extremely helpful. You know. And, and well, I learned the the baseline to No Ordinary Love just because it was it's a badass baseline. It is it's badass the same baseline. thing all the way through, pretty much. And it's, I haven't used it, but I feel like when you do try to learn different stuff like that, it brings out new ideas. Oh, yeah. So if you come up with a baseline, could you, like, say for that, could you picture another instrument, like a, like, like a guitar playing an entirely different thing, but within that same key? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I guess, I sort of, I mean, you know, well, I, I, I often write, like, when I'm, Screwing around, with bass. I don't say write bass lines because I, I very rarely write them. I just play them and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that sounds cool. I can often hear like something completely different, sort of going along with it. <laughs> and I've been thinking about trying to do something with that soon, maybe for Van Huskins, I'm just trying yeah. to bring an idea and say, hey, let's work with this. Yeah, but I've got to play around with it. Something I've come up with in practice, actually. It's always interesting to hear other people's takes on it and, and what their whole process is. It's like with us, Dan will come up with something. He's like, hey, I got this. And I'm just trying to find like the root notes of what he's playing. Because uh-huh. he's just like, you know, all the places. It's like, it's like, okay, um, now what, what you did there? And he'll explain to me. So, and then when I play it, it's like, it's so rudimentary. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, it's like a half step and then full. Okay, that's it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But, um, yeah, I love working with Dan. He's open-minded, and, um, you know, like I said, he can turn any song into we, we what you hear on our CD, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he tur- turns it into that. He He's a machine. Yeah. You know? So are there any plans to, you say you've been working on some new material. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit different than some of the stuff you've done in the past. It's heavier. heavier. I think so. Any plans on recording that stuff in the near future? I'd like to. Or? I'd like to. I think we're going to, what I'd like to do is 
get about another five or six songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Dan's got about, I got about three. We got one that's pretty much done, one that's halfway done, <clears throat> and that includes lyrics and everything. And then I think Dan's got like three. We had some that we wrote before the pandemic. Between the release of our EP and the pandemic, we yeah. have some other new ones in there that we would, wouldn't mind throwing on something. So we might even come out with a full length if yeah. it came, came down to it. Yeah, I mean, we've got... We might have enough material for it. We've got five or... I, can't, I keep forgetting if it's five or six new songs. I think it's five. Yeah, I think it's five. I think I was thinking it was six at one point. But you anyway, went to, we've got five, and, and I want to try to record in January. You but, went to Brandon for your both... Yeah. right well the uh, C, the cd was we recorded that with john bowman we okay. recorded that at my brother's house just about a mile from okay here. um but uh so almost everything else yeah pretty yeah. much everything else at the first thing so um I'm trying to remember the name of the the one there was uh jerk store and thray and then the ep was uh bless your heart yeah, those are all Brandon. Those are all Brandon. That's where we'll go. Probably go back to in January. Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's at least two uh, two new songs, maybe maybe five. He's asked us a few times to go up there. I love Brandon. He's good to work with, but you got it is a little bit of a drive. And yeah, there's a lot more. You know, if if you need to go back and fix anything, it's not like you can just pop down the road. To yeah, that's why. Song. That's the main reason why. I think one of the main reasons why I went with to uh, Joey mm-hmm. Joey Park. For our, well, he did a great job on that. It was good. He did. It does sound really good. And Joey's very patient, mm-hmm. which I liked. He, he, the hours, he's like, "Okay, cool. You want to try again? Fine. I got no problems. I live here." <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know. It's just one of those Let's things. Talk shit that... about some other bands. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk shit about them because, like, I know plenty of people that love them, but it's just not my thing. It's not my thing either. And I got into it, and this fucking bothers me every time I fucking <laughs> talk about it. Is the term pop punk? Yeah. Uh, and people are like, "That's no, well, they're pop punk. No, 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 no. It's either one or the other. Punk is the antithesis of pop." <laughs> You have pop, pop, short for popular. Yeah. Punk rock was against, hey, we're against the airwaves. We're against the fucking radio station. I was talking to my neighbor last night. and <laughs> Love you, Joe. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, what about, you know, he's like, so every punk band has ever been playing on the radio. I'm like, dude, that's a stretch. Yeah. Okay. Pop punk is an oxymoron. They both, they contradict each other out. Well, what about Descendants? Well, back then, it was just punk rock. Yeah. You know? They didn't sing. Well, they weren't political. It doesn't have to be political. It was what the the the, 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 the ideologies of the band represented. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you because, you know, showing up to practice in your fucking, you know, pajamas if you wanted, you know, because you don't have anything else to wear. Yeah. You know? Growing up in poverty. Growing up, you know, not spoon-fed. Mm-hmm. Not being... Um, you know all these other bands on the radio, and, and and it's just I don't know. I understand where you're coming from because, like you said, it's the antithesis of popular music. Yes, but I, I look at pop as more like a almost like a genre of songwriting, like like the Monkey. That's such a broad or, genre, though, you know, isn't it? Don't you think? Isn't I mean, it, it is, but like with I, I think of like Madonna, pop. Cindy Lauper, the Monkeys. Those are two entirely different things. I don't though. know. I don't know that they are. I don't know that Duran Duran's that far from social distortion, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I love Duran Duran. But I, I, so I guess every now and then I've, I've talked about the accents. And sometimes I'll say we were a little bit more poppy than Van Huskins were, which we were. I mean, well, we, that, but we weren't. I, I, I still wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that we were a pop punk band. We didn't. We were influenced by Screeching Weasel. But yeah, when I think we of pop punk, though, I think more of like stuff that's like, not quite even Screeching Weasel. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. But I, I will still use that, though, as a, as a descriptor for the band that we used to be in because we were, we it was a little bit more melodious, or I guess. Didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we played melodious punk rock. <laughs> Anthemic. Mal- but I'll say it's, it's a poppier punk rock because it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, when I first described uh, the Commonwealth, it's like, it's anthemic. Yeah. You can sing along to it. Mm-hmm. That's what you I know? always say. It's, it's got that anthemic feeling to it, like you know, sing-alongs, <laughs> like Rancid or um, yeah, Street the Dogs. Clash. I fucking love Street Dogs. Yeah, you know, that good sing-along, fist in the air, you know, bouncing soul stuff. Yep. Yep. You know, everybody's like, "Well, the Ramones were pop punk." No, they weren't. They were just punk rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Growing up, there was no such thing as pop punk. Yeah. You can thank Green Day for that. They made punk rock safe. <laughs> punk rock used to be dangerous. Yeah. Because, it, you know, my God, it was poor people. You know, white kids, you know, growing up outside the suburbs, learning to play instruments. You ever look at minor, like old pictures of Minor Threat? They look like they just got out of school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you what know? they were. <laughs> and that's what, that's, and that's what they were. You know, ripped jeans and, you know, like cougar shoes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Oh. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't like the label punk rock either. Mm-hmm. I use it for lack of a better term. Yeah. People, you know, how do you describe your music? Well, I don't know, punk rock, and I leave it at that. Oh, same with Van Huskins. I'm like, I don't like to call us 
a punk band Cause we are because for lack of a better term I, yeah i i i because I, what what is punk nowadays back then punk was just like you know like i've already explained what my what the way i view uh, the way mm-hmm. i view it yeah. is um but now it was like you got you got like crust you got gutter you got you know pop you've got all it's, it's just like metal yeah, it's broken got, off into yeah. so many different you know subcategories of what it is you know and i just it's just hard for me to follow sometimes yeah and when you when you're in a band for one thing it's it's always hard to describe your own band because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself no not at all and because and also at the same time you don't want to sound like you got this big ego about yourself you think you're doing things that you're really not doing (laughs) So no, that's why most of us just say, "Well, we're basically a punk rock right. band." But if I want to fucking write a reggae song, I want to write a fucking reggae yeah. song. <laughs> you know, and we'll do that. I mean, we'll we'll throw a little bit of metal influence in here here there. And we we've talked about doing some reggae stuff, and we've messed around with it. We haven't developed a full song yet with it. Um, but it, it is. It's, it's. I think punk rock, kind of like Minutemen said, punk rock was whatever we made it to be. Yeah. You know, I think as long as you're doing what you want to do and you're playing it and it's got a little bit of attitude and aggression to it, there's a lot of things that can be called punk rock. Yeah. I mean, there are bands that aren't really <laughs> punk that I think are more punk than a lot of the quote-unquote punk bands because of the way they do things and the way they their attitudes about things. Their style may not sound punk rock. It might not sound like the germs. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, to me, it's not about style is what, you know, it, it, anymore. But there's no way to really describe, like, to get to the nuanced description of, like, what Van Huskin sounds like without saying, oh, we're basically a punk rock band. But we've got some classic rock influence. I tell people you're rock and roll, but you're heavy. Yeah. That's what I tell people, because I've talked to people, you know, what they sound like. Oh, they're fucking rock and roll, but they're heavy. They're fucking good. Mm -hmm. Here, give it a listen. Yeah. That's why I think, just listen to it. Yeah. Don't ask me what it sounds like. Listen to it. Yeah, rock and roll. If it grabs you, then listen to it more. If it doesn't grab you, then move on to something else. This has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production. There's more shit out there. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff out (laughs) there. You tell me what you want to listen to, I can can tell you a local band that sounds like that. I can point you in the right direction of a local band. If you really want to support some local music, Tell me what you like. Yeah. And I can tell you where to listen to. Or you can go back and you can listen to whatever you want to on your Spotify. Yeah. that you've already got written. I mean, you already got made and, and go on about your life. But if you want to support and learn about something new, there's plenty of stuff out there no matter what you like. You like the Foo Fighters? Oh, I got a band for you. You like Green Day? Oh, I got a band for you. You like Johnny Cash? Oh, I got a band for you. I don't, you know, tell me who you like. I'll find you a local band that you can probably appreciate. All right. Uh, <laughs> now I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I didn't. I didn't pose that as a challenge to oh, you, okay. Jimmy Buffett. But go ahead if you want to. You could. You could ask me. <laughs>